If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a very good Erev Shabbat to all of you, and a good Erev Yontav to all of you. It is a double, double good Shabbos and good Yontav, because tonight is not only Shabbos, it is the festival, the Yontav of Sukkot as well. What a very special time we are in, we are celebrating, and we are going to celebrate. In actual fact, the Shabbos, we won't be reading the Parsha, we have been studying the Parsha, the Parsha of Zot HaBracha, the very last Parsha. In the entire Torah, which of course is the bracha, the blessings that Moshe gives the Jewish people, the tribes, before he passes on. This is his last speech, the finale of the speech that he makes to the Jewish people before he passes on. But this is something that we don't read the Shabbos, because tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night, and the day after, Shabbos and Sunday are the first two days of the festival of Sukkot, and of course, during the festival of Sukkot, we have special readings. In actual fact, Zot HaBracha is the parsha that we never, ever read on Shabbat, because we always read Zot HaBracha on Simchat Torah, next Shabbos, next, Shabbos, next Sunday. Not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday, Simchat Torah, that's when we read Zot HaBracha. But we'll talk about that next week. Meanwhile, tonight is, as I said before, the festival of Zot Sukkot Zman Simchatenu, the season, the festival of our joy. It's not only the Yontav of our joy, it's Zman, it's the season of our joy. It's a time that is filled with ideas, with symbols, with concepts of joy on so many different levels. First and foremost, we've just come out of that portion of the month of Tishrei, which deals with serious matters. The festival of Rosh Hashanah, when we deal with crowning the king, the melech, the serious moments of God reconsidering the entire creation. Then ten days of repentance when each and every one of us seriously looking at our own lives and considering our shortcomings, our failures, our mistakes, turning to Hashem in prayer and supplication, asking Hashem for forgiveness, and the great intensity of that holy and special day, Yom Kippur, when we turn to God and we plead for forgiveness, Slach lanu, lanu, lanu. we say the al the customers, and we say it ten times, we turn to Hashem in each and every single tefillah, and we ask God for forgiveness. And immediately thereafter, we are confident that Hashem has forgiven us. And this creates this incredible intensity of joy, this incredible feeling that God has forgiven us. We begin anew. We begin fresh. We begin with a clean slate. We begin as individuals where all negativity has been removed, where all negativity has been taken away. We start fresh. We start as individuals with joy, with happiness, with greatness, and this gives us a feeling of Simcha. So before we actually enter into the festival of Sukkot, we are already overwhelmed, uplifted by this incredible feeling of Simcha because we know we have gone through the serious moments 
of the month of Tishrei, and we are now prepared to enter into an entire different type of Zman, an entire different type of season, the season of joy, uplifting, something that raises us to a different level, a fervent, exciting, joyous time that each and every one of us feels a sense of upbeat closeness to Hashem with each, with each other and within ourselves as well. And this is why it's time immemorial, Yontav, the festival of Sukkot, was always connected. And as we say in the prayers, Zman Sukkotenu. And for a couple of days now, each and every one of us busy with building sukkahs, preparing the sukkah, busy purchasing the Arbaminim, the four species, the Lulav, the Atrok, the Hadassim, the Aravot, each and every one of us intensely preparing for this incredible, wonderful festival, the festival of Zman Simchatein. And as we examine this festival, we begin to realize how special it is. So much symbolism, so much intensity, so much beauty connected with this particular young But as we get closer, this is something that we have to think about. What is it, other than the fact that we have come through the intensity of the month of Tishrei, we are now entering into the festival of Sukkot. What about Sukkot is so special that it enables us to feel the sense of Simcha? In fact, it's called Zman Simchasena. In a simple sense, Sukkot has a great many different names. One of the names of Sukkot is Chag HaAsif. It is the festival of the harvest. What is the harvest? After long months of work, beginning in early spring, going through the summer, we finally have the harvest. We bring in the fruit. We bring in the grain. We bring in the result, the reward of the great effort that we've done in order to somehow survive the winter and to have enough to go through those months that we cannot grow things, that we cannot work in the fields. You know, our seasons are based upon the north, how things work in Eretz Israel in the Holy Land. This is how we function in terms of defining our seasons, even though here in the south, it is the opposite. We are only beginning our summers now, but nonetheless, on Shemini Yatzeres, we will speak about Geshem, we use our seasons, we define our seasons based upon the seasons in the north, the seasons in Eretz Israel. And now is the time of the harvest. Now is the time of the great harvest. The harvest is the end result of the great effort of tilling the land, seeding the land, working the land, bringing in the fruit and grain that sustains the people throughout the winter and preparing for next spring, preparing for the next great summer. Harvest is a time of great joy. A person brings in the result of his efforts. A person brings in that which he has done, that which he has accomplished. A person is able to sit back and see what he has actually accomplished. This brings about a great sense of joy. When a person is able to take a look and see what has happened as a result of his own efforts, what he has done, what he has brought into being as a result of his work, this creates a tremendous sense of joy, a tremendous sense of happiness, a tremendous sense of simcha. 
And this is why Sukkot is called Chag Ba'asif. It comes in late autumn, in late fall. It comes at a time just before winter. It comes at a time when the storehouses become filled with that which we have brought in at the end of summer, at the end of fall. This is something which tells us, look at what you have done. Spiritually, of course, this refers to the effort of spiritual growth and development. We feel a sense of accomplishment. We feel a sense of having used our energies, of having used our qualities, of having used our gifts in a positive and good way, having used those elements that God gave us, and we have used it in a sense that we can see what we have accomplished. This is Chagha Asif. This creates a sense of joy. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Now, when we speak about harvest, the word that we use is ha'asif, which translated as well means bringing together, which of course indicates the concept of unity, bringing together. One of the great causes of simcha, one of the great motivators of joy, is the idea of unity. When there is conflict, when there is fragmentation, when there is separation, there is no unity. There is a sense of confusion, of sadness. When there is unity, when things come together, you have a sense of joy. And this is why, for instance, at a simcha, at a celebration, at a wedding, when families come together, when bride and groom come together, there is a tremendous feeling of joy. The Chag Asif, the harvest, is not only bringing in the result of your effort. It is Asif. It is, in a sense, gathering together that which you have accomplished. And this is why when we take a look at the symbolism of the festival of Sukkot, everything Everything about the festival talks to us about unity, about oneness, about bringing things together. What is the festival of Sukkot famous for? The Arbaminim, the four species, the Lulav, the Etrog, the Hadassim, the Aravot. And although this year on the first day we won't be making the blessing on the Lulav and Etrog, it's Shabbat, we'll only do this on the second day. But nonetheless, this is a significant and central feature of the festival of Sukkot. And our sages tell us there are so many symbolic dimensions when it comes to these four species. The palm branch. The palm branch represents the Torah scholar. The palm has no fragrance, but the fruit of the palm has taste. The fruit of the palm, which is the date, it has no fragrance, but it has taste. Taste symbolizes the study of Torah. When it comes to the hadasim, the myrtle, the myrtle has no taste, but it has fragrance. What does fragrance represent? The individual 
who does good deeds, he fulfills the mitzvot. He doesn't excel in the study of Torah, but he does excel in the action, in the fulfillment of good deeds. The aravot, the willow, has neither fragrance nor taste. He's the simple individual that, unfortunately, has neither the quality of Torah study nor the fulfillment of mitzvot. The atrog, on the other hand, it has a wonderful fragrance and an excellent taste. The individual that represents excellence in the study of Torah as well as excellence in the fulfillment of mitzvot. Now, it can be very often that throughout the year, these four individuals live very separate lives. The etrog might live in a particular area of society where those who excel in everything might reside among like-minded people. The palm might live among scholars and like-minded people, as does the hadasim, as does the willow. It comes to the festival of Sukkot. We bind them all together. We hold them all together. We unite them. We bring them together to show the absolute unity of the Jewish people. Regardless of who you are, you might be a great scholar. You might, in fact, be the etrog, the one who excels in every single area, both the study of Torah and the fulfillment of mitzvot. Or you might be the simple individual who has no qualities to speak of. It comes to the festival of Sukkot. You bring them together. You bring them together as one to indicate the unity of the Jewish people. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. You stand together, which creates a tremendous sense of joy. As mentioned before, this is what unity accomplishes. Very often when we live in our own little worlds, very often when we live in our own social circles, there is division. We might feel comfortable among like-minded groups and friends. We might feel comfortable in select areas. But when there is division, there isn't a real sense of joy. We sense fragmentation. We sense separation. And that creates a dimension of sadness. A dimension at least not of joy. Whereas when we see, when we feel unity, when we see the expression of coming together, this creates a tremendous sense of unity, a tremendous sense of joy. It goes beyond that as well. We are told that when the temple was standing and sacrifices were offered on the holy altar in the temple, during the festival of Sukkot, 70 extra offerings, karbonot, sacrifices, were brought to represent the 70 nations of the world. In the Holy Temple, prayers were made for the welfare of the 70 nations of the world. It wasn't only on their own behalf that the Jewish people prayed. They prayed for the welfare of the entire world. Universal peace. That there should be a sense of goodness throughout the world. It wasn't something that was exclusive to us alone. We prayed 
for the economic welfare. We prayed for peace. We prayed for goodness for everyone, for the 70 nations of the world. We prayed for world unity. And this is something which created a sense of unity, a tremendous sense of joy. Something which is so important for us to understand. It wasn't lip service. It wasn't simply, well, it's nice to talk about world unity or world peace. We actually brought a sacrifice. We actually did something. We did something substantial that brought about a tremendous sense of responsibility and caring for the 70 nations of the world. This is what Jewish expression was all about. It was a tremendous sense of duty, of caring, of concern, not only for the Jewish community itself represented by the four species, but a tremendous sense of responsibility and caring through the prayers and sacrifices on the holy altar that said he want the world to be in a state of goodness, a tremendous expression of caring as well. This is something which indicated who and what the Jewish people are all about. People who took upon themselves the responsibility of ensuring that God's plan for all of creation should be fulfilled in an ethical and moral way for all of humankind. This is something that we take seriously. This is something that we care about. And while, of course, we don't always have the opportunity of expressing that because we are downtrodden, because we are in a state, <coughs> excuse me, because we are in a state where we cannot express those ideas freely and openly throughout history. Nonetheless, they are very much part and parcel of our culture, of our concern. And it goes beyond that as well. During the temple times, there was a festival called Simchat Bet HaShoeva, beginning with the second night of Sukkot. It was an expression of joy, a festival of simcha. Our sages tell us that a person who didn't witness that festival never actually saw a real festival of joy in his entire, her entire life. There was such a wonderful feeling. It was such a celebration of joy. It was overwhelming. Everyone stood and watched this incredible display where the elders, where the pious would stand and sing and dance and indicate something extraordinary is happening over here. This is a time when there was a tremendous flow of divine energy that said this is the season of joy. This is the season of Simcha. The world must express a sense of Simcha. Each and every one of us must express a sense of Simcha, a sense of joy. This is what Sukkot is all about. It goes beyond that as well. It tells us that in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Etrog, we must take the pre-Eitz Hadar, the beautiful fruit, and our sages tell us it's a play on words. What is the pre-Eitz Hadar? Hadar, it lives in the tree throughout the entire year. 
It's not seasonal. It's not a winter fruit. It's not a summer fruit. It's not an autumn fruit. It's not a spring fruit. It lives and thrives through all the seasons of the year. And sometimes from year to year, it lasts on the tree. This is something extraordinary. It symbolizes the Jewish people. That regardless of the season, regardless of, of of the weather, it can be the harsh heat of the sun, it can be the bitter cold, and all that those things symbolize. We don't only survive, we thrive. When a person takes a look at life and the challenges of life, the ups and downs of life, the heat of life, the bitter cold of life, the challenges of life and every single opportunity makes us grow that's the beautiful fruit that gives us joy when a person realizes that everything we encounter each and every single thing that we go through is an opportunity for growth and development that is a cause for joy and as we take a look at this festival whatever we do whether it's the sukkah, whether it's the four species, whether it's the etrog, whether it's the offerings on the altar of the holy temple, whether it's the unity, whether it's the harvest, whether it's the ingathering, whatever it is, everything indicates this is a time of unity. This is a time of growth. This is a moment that creates incredible opportunity for joy it's a time that brings out the inner dimension of simcha that each and every one of us possesses more of that soon this is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska only on 101.9 High FM don't you just love those 99's really creates a tremendous desire to go and shop we're talking about a sense of unity. We're talking about the creation of joy. Well, not the creation of joy, but the expression of joy. We all possess a tremendous dimension of simcha joy within ourselves. Sometimes difficult to express, but we have it. And when we work at creating a dimension of unity within ourselves, within our environment around us, this brings out this incredible sense of joy, of simcha within ourselves, and around us as well. There is another dimension of the sukkah which brings about a sense of unity and a sense of joy as well. And that's the sukkah itself. Tonight when we go into the sukkah, what's the first thing we notice? Of course the first thing that we notice is that we leave the comfort of our home and we go into this temporary, temporary building might have wonderful walls, whatever those walls are made of, but it has no roof. It has, well, either leaves or those mats. It has the schach on top, open to the elements. And you think to yourself, why would God want us to do this? Why would Hashem ask us to leave the wonderful comfort of our home? If it's hot, to leave the the cool comfort of our home. If it's cold, to leave the warm comfort of our home. And to go into, sometimes, a hostile environment that's open to the elements and say, this is where I want you to celebrate the festival. 
I want you to celebrate the festival in a temporary abode, into a temporary home, open to the elements. All sorts of reasons, the fundamental reason. The fundamental reason is to remind us what's real. What truly gives us protection? Is it the roof made out of tiles, whatever, wood? Is that what really protects us? You can take all the building materials in the world and build the most solid home. Along comes whatever comes along, and that can be destroyed in one moment, as we have seen throughout history. The world is littered with ruins of powerful buildings that the elements and wars have destroyed and eaten away. Stone, bricks, wood, those aren't permanent protecting elements. They work for a while, not permanently. A reminder that what gives us permanent protection, that's Hashem, that's God Himself. When we stop for a moment and consider what is really real in our lives, what is really permanent in our lives, what lasts from generation to generation, what lasts from one world to another, only Hashem, that gives us a tremendous sense of clarity, which gives us a tremendous sense of joy. And perhaps now, in 2020, more than ever, that comes to tell us an important message. What's real and what's not real? What's true? What protects and what doesn't protect? The sukkah reminds us, it's not the roof over our head, really, that protects us. It's the blessing of Hashem. What gives us health, what gives us sustenance, what gives us whatever we have comes from Hashem. That awareness, that knowledge, that recognition, that gratitude, that creates a tremendous sense of joy, a tremendous sense of unity. It connects us with Hashem. We connect with Hashem. That is the ultimate joy. That is the ultimate simcha. That's what Sukkot is all about. That is the great joy that we celebrate. That is the special. Every aspect of Sukkot is a sense of unity, a sense of joy. It's the Sukkot itself, entering the Sukkot and recognizing just that. This gives us the essential insight into what Sukkot is all about. And that's what we celebrate. Zman Simchatenu. The season of our joy. Of course, it's Chag Asif. It's the festival of bringing in the harvest. Of course, it's the four species, the sense of unity. Of course, it's the 70 sacrifices on the holy altar, which brings together the nations of the world. Of course, it's the Simchas Beis Eva, this incredible festival, the celebration of joy. Of course, it's all that and more. What it really is, our connection with God, our source of security, 
a realization that that is the only permanent thing. That's the only real thing. That absolute clarity, that full knowledge that this is where truth is, this is where real power is, that clarity creates a tremendous sense of unity between ourselves and Hashem. That clarity creates a tremendous sense of joy. So when you're in the sukkah tonight, think about that. And whoever else is in the sukkah with you, share that idea. Share that idea and create the sense of unity with each other, the sense of unity with Hashem. And allow the sense of joy to flow. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Have a beautiful Yontif. Let Zman Simchaseinu, the season of joy, flow. Make it real. Make it joyous. Feel it. Do it. Chag Sameach. Good Shabbos and good Yontif.